people of Earth, how are you? Back after a short respite. My name is Al. Across the table from me is my friend Joe. Hi, Joe. Al. What's going on, baby? Not much, man. Together, we do a podcast called Kind of Right, and that's what you're listening to. Kind of Right. Son. And Joe and I are, have been going over, you know, legal stuff. Well, Joe has a little case, and uh, my my uh, thing has always been that hiring attorney isn't a wonder a wonderful thing, but if you put if you just dump it in his lap and then forget about it. Unless you're hiring F. Lee Bailey, yeah, and you're paying six hundred grand, yeah, and he's got fucking two hundred people working for him. Uh, the deal is, if you just leave it in his lap, there's a good chance that he's not gonna he's not gonna cover everything, nor his is his legal staff, right? So it's kind of up to you to go and find him shit. Do a little due diligence for him. Like there is, you know, in the, if it's a criminal thing, there's going to be motions to, to dismiss on grounds of X or Y or Z. And you want to make sure that he has the ammo so that he can dismiss those motions. Otherwise, you're going to trial. Right. Well, probably you're going to a plea bargain, which is unconstitutional in my view. I think all charges should end up with a trial because the plea bargain is why there are innocent people in jail today. Right. Because they were there or they were in the neighborhood or they heard about it and the DA or the prosecutor says, well, you can, we'll give you three years in jail or two years but if we take you to trial, we're going to go for 30 or 20. You know, and a lot of times these people will take, because they got a court-appointed attorney, right? and they're definitely not going to do the work. They're not doing any work. Well, they don't have the time. And, yeah, they don't have the time. But they're not doing any work, and... uh You have to do you. You have to do the work yourself. Uh, otherwise, you plea to a lesser. You know, you go to jail for two years, and you're innocent. And that's the problem with the plea bargain. You don't really get your day in court, right? And what it does is it makes it really easy because they know that there is. So all the way from the cops, I mean, you have to understand. People don't. I don't know if people know this, but. The cops are the ones that file the first set of charges right. against anybody doing anything criminal. Yeah. The, literally, the cops go, well, you, you know, even though you've got uh, fucking cerebral palsy and your arms fly around all the time on a regular basis or, or you know, we're going to... We're going to say you were re resisting arrest. Right. You know what I mean? So it's uh, it's one of those things that's fucking bullshit. 
and if it went to, if there was no medium, meaning where there's no like, the it's not the Monty Hall deal of court where, okay, well, you go to jail for two years and we won't try to put you in jail for 30 years. And then the person has to go, well, I got the lawyer from hell. You know, I do have a few charges already. Right. You know, because a lot of these people aren't saints. And I can do three years. And I can do two or three years, and that beats the shit out of 30, and now you got a fucking innocent guy in jail. Right. And that's bullshit. It's tough to say. Go ahead, put me in jail for 30 years, because... Your fucking life's over. <laughs> During and after. 30 years seems like a long time now, doesn't it? In front of you? In back of you, it went quick. But I can't imagine being 80. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? I think maybe it's not a terrible existence. Oh, three square meals a day, plenty of sleep. Listen, you don't want to be in a penitentiary. What you want is to be where fucking Manafort is. Or no, not Manafort. Cohen. <laughs> that dude who went to jail last week, I think, or two weeks ago. The ex-lawyer there. He's in literally the cushiest federal prison in America. You know, that's where you want to go. Get a little rest. Maybe, maybe start writing your book. You know what I mean? You certainly can keep up with your favorite TV shows. You're not doing that in the pen. You're not. No. no you're not doing much of anything. Except well, I don't. I don't know how it is in the penitentiary. Not getting any sleep and fucking being on constant alert of your fucking life ending at any time. I, I believe you're probably doing in the pen. I believe it's changing quite a bit for the better. Yes. Well, there's the. You know, this is the whole. Everybody that thinks that Bill and Hillary Clinton, I, my kind of my favorite subject, but I don't. You know, for anybody that listens to this podcast on a regular basis is rolling their eyes. Oh, here he goes again. They want to hear what your current feeling is on Hillary and Bill. Well, it was their their pat. They had the super predator thing, and they had. There were a lot of these three strike three laws strikes. passed yeah, right. and all this fucking shit. And we went from like a criminal population of 800,000 to 2.8 million. Right. By around, you know, when George Bush was elected. Yeah. So what happened, we had a we had a, a, an incredible expansion of the prison population. And basically we were locking people up for... I mean, here's an anecdote. An anecdote of a, a guy. He had two serious charges. And then he went into a shoe store and he didn't have any... I'm going to make this up, but there, it's something like this. He went into a shoe store. He wanted to try on some shoes. He didn't have any socks on, so they put some socks on him and... Tried the shoes on, and then he put his his shoes back on and walked out. And then they said, hey, you didn't pay for those socks. And then he went to jail for 15 years or some crazy thing because that was his third strike. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
I'll never forget that. That was on TV, and maybe one of you, one of the three or four of you, maybe the guy on the bed, you could look it up on the internet and see if uh, that's actually the deal. But it, on, on your belly top computer. Right. Your belly top computer and see. Because you know you ain't got no happened. iPad, you fucking. Fucking low life drag of society. <laughs> Clearly. Okay. Certainly not listening to us on your cell phone, on your uh, smartphone. I no, don't I don't even know. Why would somebody be like that? Listen to us, Al. As intelligent as we are. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? These, those are my people. So I was the guy with the belly top computer for a few years. The deal is. Actually, I had a Kindle. You can get porn pretty good on a Kindle. We're trying to, like, retract that. And Jared Kushner, who is the son-in-law of our president. Husband of the hot Ivanka Trunk, Trump. Whose father went to jail. And I don't know why he went to jail. He literally got a crime bill passed with the Democrats and Republicans while all the shit was going on above the surface. Hmm. Um, and I don't know how significant it is. I haven't read it. But to, like, take some of the teeth out of... We don't want to be locking people up. Locking people up doesn't do any good. No. It doesn't help. Unless you're going to kill them. If you want to kill them, if, if, you, if you take somebody who's fucked up and who steals or, like, fucking... Fingers, dogs. Finger, yeah. Pick, pick the crime. Somebody who's just fucked up but doesn't do anything really violent. You know what I mean? And you put them in jail, and then you let them out ten years later or five years later, and you're surprised that they fucking... I mean, it, it, there's no place for them in society. Right. I was talking to my uh, shrink about, you know, when I was when I went to college, one of my college buddies worked the summer at Worcester State Hospital, and Worcester State Hospital was a was a mental institution. Right. And they had these hospitals all over the state. Okay. And actually, they had them all over the country. And this is, you know, if your person, your kid was fucked, like just, you know, fucked. Right. Meaning, well, I had a brother. My brother, who had cerebral palsy, stayed in a some sort of state-funded institution. Right. Because no one could take care of him unless they were willing to have a, you know. Look, he was a... The third born, he was between me and my, it was me, Leslie, then there was Chris, then there was Nancy and Susan. He was right in the middle. My mother would have had to, like, abandon all of us to take care of that kid. Sure. And he was fucked. And, I mean, he couldn't speak, he, you know, so he went in, he was institutionalized, and he lived till he was 43, and I don't know what kind of life he had, but, uh, you know, because we're... We're humans. We don't just... It's not like the wild where you you just eat or kill or leave behind the weak or the sick. Right. So we don't do that. But we used to have 
mental institutions where these people lived. And then somebody came up with an idea, and it was kind of a. And I was talking to the shrink about this, and he says, "You know, it was really one of those ideas that was hatched out of altruism. They wanted to do the right thing mm -hmm. because they thought these people were just being like housed against their will." And, like, he worked at one of them in the 70s. And he said when, and the, the day came where they were just going to shut the facility down, you know. And it was a, like, everybody knew it that worked there. But the people that were fucked up didn't, you know. Right. They were sort of told, but they didn't really, like, grasp what was going right, on. Right, because they're fucking mental. Right. And, uh. They literally, he said, it was so, he said, I'm looking at people, they're like, you're, it's all done. You're free. Right. And they're like, free to do what? They got no family. They right. have no money. You know, free to live in the fucking woods or free to fucking die. Or, right. And it, he said it started in the, Early to mid seventies, because I remember when it happened. I, I remember seeing it in the eighties. So I guess it wasn't done all at once, right? But I mean, they had campuses. My wife lives in uh, Munson, or came from Munson, Massachusetts, Massachusetts, and they ha they have a mental hospital out there that literally looks like a campus. I mean, it's got it's fucking huge. I mean, there's 27 brick buildings on it. And right. There were a lot of people being taken care of there. Now, yes, that costs a lot of money. But, okay, what do you want to be? We can kill them. And Hitler decided that was the right thing to do. Or you got to have a place for them to go. Mm. They're never going to function in society. They're never going to have a fucking job. And believe me, I, I identify with the crazy because I'm, like, real close to being one myself. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, if I had to go work a regular job, I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I could do it. I'm, I'm pretty much crazy. So I think it was a bad thing. It's a bad thing. You're not crazy, Joe. The person vacuuming upstairs at 5 of 7 on a Tuesday night is crazy. I'm <laughs> just kidding. No, that. she's clean. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's clean. Can you hear that over the microphone? Oh, yeah. That's really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. It, I, it'll be over soon. Saw that. I was listening to a Bert Kreischer podcast, and he had uh, Dave Attell on. Yes. And Bert Kreischer apparently has, because Joe Rogan, all these guys are like, you know, Joe Rogan, they're, they're fans of, they love Joe Rogan. Sure. Because Joe Rogan's got, like, the biggest fucking podcast in the in world. In the world, yeah. And they've all kind of, like, they're Joe Rogan devotees. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't say that to, to be mean, because I like Burt Kreischer and Tom Segura, who's a great comic, and uh, his wife, they've got a podcast called Your Mom's House, and it's a great, it's a good podcast. But Burt Kreischer has a podcast, and there were fucking chickens uh, I think it was a rooster uh, making noises in the background. <laughs> and I kept going, am I fucking, are the cats in the house right. squealing? Or 
is it this fucking podcast? And it was the podcast. Right. So you, 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 I don't think you can have that. Well, no. Oh, I'm flabbergasted by how bad 90% of podcasts sound anyway. You know what I mean? The guys who are doing it who are famous, like Rogan, have styling. It sounds good. Corolla. But I was even listening to like, oh, fucking Attell's buddy there who he's on the road with, Jeff Ross. Yeah. His setup is no better than ours, by the way, except he's got three or four cameras going. Does Jeff Ross have a podcast? Yeah, it's called. Uh, it's got a. It's got a clever name. Um, I'll look it up later. I, I, I can't remember the name of it. He actually had uh, Saget on the other day, but you know him and Jeff Ross and Attell are on the road are on the road together right now. It's called Bumping Mics. So I don't know if they're on stage at the same time or what. I think that's part of the set. I heard that they are going on the road. Yeah. If you say they're on the road together, it was funny though listening because Ross was on. Because now comics, I've been a, a big, I'm a big fan of comedy because comics tend to be, out of the entertainment world, tend to be people that are somewhat regular. Out of you know, you've got your actors and actresses, and listening to them is like listening to. Uh, and feeling like having a drill drilled into your head. Yeah, it's... Because they're, for the most part, they're fucking boring. Actors? Yeah, they look pretty. That's what they do. And they can well, kind I mean, of memorize great... lines and emote a little bit. But... Yeah, there's some great actors out yeah. there. It's just that I don't want to listen to them. I haven't heard an interesting one yet. And there's topical podcasts that, you know, if you want to learn how to fucking take apart... There's a guy out there that has a podcast like how to take apart a nine volt battery and turn it into 500 volts and and, you know, hook it up to your balls and make yourself feel. Sure. That's a specialty podcast right there. There is a podcast for that. But there's a bunch of comics that have podcasts and I sort of find them. You know, you start at Joe Rogan and then you can find them all. Right. You go down this rabbit hole in every direction. And so Tom Segura and uh, his wife, who she's also a comic, and her name is, uh, I don't know, fucking Palvitsky or something, her last name. Sounds familiar. I don't know her first name. Isn't that horrible? Paula Palvitsky. Paula, maybe? I don't know. Patty? I, just, I was being alliterative. Right. I don't know. Pussy like Pelvitsky. But they're married and they have people on. And they had Jeff Ross on and he was talking about David Tell and he goes, ah, working with da- I love David. You know, everybody loves <laughs> David Tell because David Tell is a great comic. But they were talking about like, oh, he doesn't want to go to Florida and he's got his, you know, because they were talking about the bump and Mike yeah. road show. And like Dave's, he's always on the fucking road and he doesn't want to split the money and it's like pinning him down. He wants to go to the Midwest and he wants to, he doesn't like theaters. He wants to perform at uh, clubs only. No, he wants to perform at like either clubs or casinos because 
You can smoke in a casino. Oh, he's still smoking. Because he smokes like a chimney. (laughs) And apparently in the theaters, even though they did have like, even though they, you know, there's no smoking anywhere, they did have like a loophole for theatrical productions. I got you. So that if you're doing some fucking play where, you know, it's James Dean and... He had a cigarette in his mouth constantly. Then you wouldn't fuck up the authenticity of the of the play. But uh, that being said, uh, it was tough to get. According to Jeff Ross, it's tough to pin Dave down. I'm sure. And all of these people, except for Nick DiPaolo. Do you pay any attention to Nick DiPaolo? I haven't heard about Nick in forever. I know he's, you know. Well, Nick DiPaolo. Isn't he doing regular radio? He has a podcast. Oh, he's a podcast. Now, Nick DiPaolo is the quintessential. He was a jock. He went to the University of Maine to play, like, football and Mm -hmm. shit. He's like, I know all of you think that all of us comics are damaged and everything and I'm here to say that I'm not. I had a wonderful upbringing. I was a jock. I beat up all the nerds. Right. I I don't have... All the people I beat up are now comics. <laughs> and we're not all damaged. Right. He's got a hot wife. Yes. However, a lot of these comics are... You know, because Stanhope... <laughs> Stanhope said of a tell... David Tell is so afraid of, like, you know, being called a, uh, like, copying somebody. Right. He says, you know, Stanhope was making a joke, and he goes, this was on, a, Paul Provenza used to have a show called The Green Room. Yeah. And uh, Stanhope says, Attell will call me up at 4 o'clock in the morning and go, hey, have you ever done a joke or premise about like fat girls on pogo sticks? Right. <laughs> he, doesn't want, he doesn't want to seem to be plagiarizing. Yeah, he doesn't want to be copying. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so he's very aware. He's like he's a tortured. David Tell is a genius and a tortured soul at the same time. Yeah, just like Stanhope, probably. Stan Hope is absolutely tortured. Yeah, he is. Um, just absolutely brilliant, absolutely tortured. And I even understand why. Look, you can't become mainstream if you're, you're a dark comic. You just can't. I mean, Bill Burr draws a, a nice line where... He's dark, but he doesn't go beyond the line. Right. Stanhope goes fucking all the way way the fuck over, man. And even Bill Burr says he's a fucking genius, but if you're going to get... If you want to make millions of dollars and have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people come out to see you, then you can't be telling jokes that will appeal to... 10% 10% of the population. Right. However, Stanhope's fans will kill for him. Right. Which is unique. 
I think anyway. What do you think, Al? I don't think after five. <laughs> like that line? That's a prepared line. It sounds prepared. I don't think How after is, five. Uh, how's work going? I mean, it's a struggle. Do you hate it? I do. I hate it. But I like it at the same time. I hate going there. Look, I got an arrangement now. <laughs> I'm fucking, although I might have to work late Thursday. I'll talk about that later. But uh, I'm there from fucking 8 to 5, Monday through Friday. That's that. That's an accepted thing. I produce enough where he's not looking for me to stay late or work weekends. If I did, they'd think it was great. But I catch no shit ever about only working 45 hours a week. You know what I mean? Only? Yeah, I don't take fucking lunch. I, I eat lunch, but I don't take lunch. You know what I'm saying? I do. I eat right at my fucking desk while I'm working. Once in a while, I go on Yahoo Poo to see what's going on. You know what I mean? At lunch. But that's about it. Yeah, no, it's it's 8 to 5 in, 9 to 5 in, whatever you want to call it. It's uh, It's different. I... I it's been a year and a half, year and three quarters already. And has it really been that long? Yeah, it'll be two years. The end of October, and uh, I uh, I'm gonna stick it stick out the two years because I want my second week of vacation and I want to take it. <laughs> um, because I'll be able to take a, another week between end of October and the end of the year. And then I'll have two years next, two weeks next year. You know what I'm saying? That type of situation. I want my fucking free week. <laughs> and then uh, I, I don't know what to say, Joe. We'll see how it goes. I'm taking it year by year. That fucking real job thing. You know, just taking it year by year. I commend point. you because I couldn't do it. I well. You got a, you got yourself a little niche. You know how to do. No, something. no, you don't understand. If I came down and I had one dollar left, yeah, everybody left, and I got no friends, no patty, no nothing. And they said everything could be cured. All you got to do is show up at work. Right. I would be fucking homeless. Yeah, well, I, I, I believe you. But you're not so. Not yet. I figured it out. I thought I had it figured out, but it turns out I, like you, am a terrible businessman, but I, I was a far worse businessman. <laughs> it is what it is. I, I don't know if you're far worse. <laughs> you just, you were playing at a different scale. Yeah, well, the painting business is a nickel and dime business. Let's face it. I did like that house building thing, but that was just like a brief fling for two years. Like. My ex didn't like risk, and it was by nature a risky proposition. So, well, what I'm telling you is, it ain't easy. It yeah. ain't easy. I think about here's what. Oh, by the way, I, I talked to my. He said, if you wanted to go to him, I don't know whether you're. He said he'd work it out with you. Willie, good. All right, cool. And I'm telling you, does he take fucking? I got to see if he takes my insurance. Oh, yeah, he does. You already know. The yeah. office lady said new patients can't. That's fine. I'll, I'm going to call and say the guy told me to call. I have his. 
direct number. Do you? I'm going to take it because I need it because I fired my other guy. I know you did. And he likes me, and I like him. And he's he's he says, he's one of those guys, he says, I don't know if I can help you. And I'm like, you help me. Believe me, you don't understand how much this helps. Yeah. And to see you. Yeah. Being able to talk about this. And because uh, every day for me is sort of a, like, I don't get what the fucking point is anymore. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And. That's what I told him, and I said, I don't get what the point is. I mean, what, you know, what, a, there's nothing I really want to fucking do, and mm-hmm. I've kind of done everything, and I don't really feel like I have any fucking purpose, and, you know, so I could drink myself to death, or maybe just take a bunch of pills and fucking end it. And he's like, well, you don't want, are you going to do that? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. But, but I mean, it's, I'm trying to, you know what I asked him? Because we had, like, we lost Patty's parents, okay? And then there was a series of people, like friends, friends of yours as well. I mean, there was Rob and Bob and uh, Louis Bergeron. and There was a whole bunch of people that fucking died. And Linda moved away, and it was like a whole, like, vacuum. Mm. You know what I mean? And I said to him, hey, could I just be, like, could this just be, like, grieving? And he goes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, even, uh, you know, Kevin and I, I went and saw Kevin uh, this past weekend. Kevin Sr.? Penis. Right. He... Still remembers the video. He loves that video. It's an amazing video. <laughs> it is. But, uh, you know, when he and uh, Patty's sister got divorced, and, uh, you know, that even hurt, because it's like now he's sort of like out of the family. Right. Uh, you know, it just, it was a shitty, it was a shitty thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, you, you not without you know knowing it or you're grieving the loss of youth, and you're grieving the way things were, and not everyone's good with change. You know, as as little as everything changes, <laughs> really, you know, things change. I mean. I think I grieve for the lack of change. Oh, well. Because it's all like just the same bullshit, different day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And now I don't have a, I don't really have a kid to fucking take care of. Right. So I was able to like put a lot of energy into the kid. Yeah. But now the kid's pretty much gone. Yeah. And... So what is it that you're doing? You know what I mean? So what is it that I'm doing? What are you supposed to be doing now? I don't well, know. You're supposed you're not- to be like keeping up with hobbies and keeping up with your friends. And I, I understand all that. Like, yeah. you know, I got my friends. I got you. I got a podcast. The podcast literally is, I don't like my work very much, you know, and I think that's a problem. Yeah. Um, 
I think if I had unlimited money, that'd be great. But, you know, then everybody would like to have unlimited sure. money. And that's not a solution to everything because I can't think of anything I want to buy. I just don't want to have to think about money. Ever. Right. Yeah, that would be that nice. That would be it? nice. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to go and, like, try to make more of it or find, like, a, you know, a new and more inventive way of making money or right. making a widget. And believe me, I have, You've I have done, ideas. Right. I like I like making widgets. Right. I, I enjoy it, but uh, I don't fucking care. Right. So that's the... I don't... That's what I'm talking about. I don't know, Joe. <laughs> it's definitely not midlife crisis because I got news for you. You're not middle-aged. No, um, no. It's not a middle-aged crisis. It's, no, it's, it's more like a... I'm later in life. Been there, done that crisis. And uh, I don't know. Sounds like you're a little bored to me. Uh, Sounds like yeah, boredom. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like I got myself into like sort of some sort of paralysis mode, too. Yeah. Although I spent two, like two eight-hour days, literally, up and back, getting my solar array up and going. Yeah. And it's, I'm not done yet. It was, it, I was fucking amazed at how much time it took. I think it's because, you know, if you're working with 12-gauge wire or 14-gauge or wire, it's, like, really easy. Yeah. But I'm working with really heavy wire and, you know... There's a lot of shit to fucking make happen, but that's almost—it's almost done up there, and then I have to do some shit in there, mm -hmm. in the uh, in the electric panel room to get that up and running. But my goal was like this Memorial Day week. Whenever I open the pool, when the pool pump turns on, I want it to be chewing on solar solar powered pool, man. Yeah, nice. I want my electric bill to be zero or 100 or 150. Right, with all the fucking shit on. You don't have to no, do window rattlers anymore, do you? You got all those fucking no, all-in-ones everywhere? I was talking to Patty about it. So do I put one of these now in the the new living room? Did You, you saw the new living I room. I did. I saw it last week. It's pretty cool. And then upstairs into our bedroom. So it would literally be like, because there's a window that's right over the window yeah. that's in that living room. And she's like, but we've got six window rattlers. Right. You know, and she's like, yeah. If you got the solar, fuck it. Yeah, like, that's a good point. Like, that's a really of, good point. Because this system here, this Pioneer is sort of like a, I have an LG out there. Yep. And I bought it because the Pioneer that I had was fucked up, but then I realized I had fucked it up. There was a short. Yeah. But I bought this LG unit, and I fucking installed it, turned it on. It's worked perfectly. Yeah. This fucking thing leaks gas. Oh. Still. Wow. Like, I just had a, I had, it got hot yesterday. It was 77 degrees. Yeah. Turn on the AC. I'm like, this fucking thing isn't blowing cold air. I threw the gauges on. 
fucking thing needs a charge. Right. So for all you people that uh, know how to, like, charge your own shit, but go to the plumbing, uh, the plumbing supply house and they say, we can't sell you the R410. Go to eBay and you can buy a 25-gallon or 25-pound bottle. And they don't give a fuck if you're a plumber or if you've got a certificate right. or anything. Apparently, it's it's a bad greenhouse gas or well, some whatever. fucking thing. So I can't really find the fucking leak. So at some point in the next few weeks, I got to take that apart. I got to like try, try to reserve all the gas because there's a way to save it. Split all the fittings. Uh, I got some of these special. These are flare fittings and put them together and see if that I can make it so it doesn't leak. Right. I put it in my uh, bedroom window rattler last night. Yeah, because I bet it was hot in well, your apartment. Yeah, the apartment's a nightmare because it's not ins- it's not insulated at all, probably, but not well. So it's fucking cold in the winter and fucking hot when it's hot out, you know? So, uh, you know, and it's the second floor, blah, blah, blah. But that being said, that little higher, H-I-A-I-E-R, that I bought a couple years ago. Hair. I don't know what, how you pronounce it either. I think I spent 69 bucks on the thing. I got a small bedroom. It's about the size of this room. And uh, that fucking thing got right down to 61 in about an hour and a half. I was stoked. I mean, I actually, because I'm not used to it, I had to, tur- I had to turn it off in the middle of the night. I turned it back on about four, though. <laughs> and I got to get used to the... It was literally rattling the window. I got to fucking... I got to put some more socks around the fucking thing so it doesn't literally rattle but well window rattles are okay yeah no i like them and i uh i've acquired you find them at the yard sales too i have another one shit the bed so i gotta get rid of that i gotta replace that and i had bought another one so i'm i have three i gotta get two more let's see if i can get my fucking electric bill right up to 550 600 yeah well (laughs) that's where mine is yeah and we're gonna end that yeah. And that's going to go away. Well, I told Kat that I will stop being a baby this year, and we will only put it on when we're home. Because if I have one in every room and I put them all on at once, it will cool down pretty you know quick. I mean? Yeah. That's it. So I'll just get one for every room and put them on when I get home, leave all the doors open, and you know, it, you it'll can, cool down. You can go and you can buy timers that you can plug them into. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Because, I mean, you kind of have a fixed schedule. So if they go on an hour before you That's come home, true. That's truth. I like it. Now, now we're th- now we're thinking. Some I mean, of them I actually I, haven't. Built I would in. never have a timer thing because I'm. Some days I'm gone for ten hours, right. and some days You're I'm gone, gone for yet. two, right. and some days I don't get off. Never the couch. get off the couch. <laughs> right. And me and the dogs, fucking, uh, especially in the winter. And we refer to those days as wonderful. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know I. I'm a big I fan. I believe of those. I've gotten myself over the guilt because you're supposed to feel guilty in America if you're not working. Yeah. If you're not out doing something. And there is nothing I like more than on a snowy day. Now my wife gets up and she has she's got a job and she's got to go every day. So she's out of the house before eight o'clock. And 
I'll be on the couch. I'll have a couple dogs with me, at least one. Watching some movie. She'll be going to work. She gives me a look. Sometime there's a there's a comment or two. But it's not my fault. I right. mean, it's like I'm not a shit bum, right. but I'm not a uh, go-getter either. Yeah. And I've sort of gotten myself to realize that I'm it's not what I'm doing is not evil or bad or lazy. It's a fucking gift. Listen, I'm one of the luckiest yeah. I'm one of the luckiest people in the world. That's why I liked working for myself, especially in the winter like you're saying, cuz let's face it, work slows down for painters in the winter. What you're talking about, you know how I dealt with the if the if the guilt began to creep in on one of those two or three day fucking spans of doing nothing? Right. The way I dealt with the guilt was drink a pint of vodka and then have a huge breakfast. And then you don't feel guilty anymore because then you go back to sleep. <laughs> and there's no guilt while sleeping. Well, the pint of vodka is not they, that's not happening. Yeah, maybe a couple beers, whatever. Now, I've a even sippy. I don't think I've had a beer in six months. Good for you, man. Ah, that shit's malt beverage anyway, that stuff. It's well, I, I, I ordered shit. 12 cases of this today. Mike's Light Cherry Lemonade. Black Cherry. Black Cherry. There you go. I think. I think I called it something else. Black, Yo, man. Why black is it? Walnut or something. Right. I hope they ordered what I was talking about. Yo, man. Why is it always going to be Black Cherry, man? Because the lemonade... Is fine, but it's really sweet. The black right. cherry is kind of like not sweet. Good. It ain't too sweet. But I mean, it'll take. I probably should like fucking look it up. But I wonder when I ordered the last batch or picked up the last batch. Oh, when you picked it up. That was a while. Well, that's right. Around, wasn't that right around when the first. When Bob Malone reappeared, when was that? A couple months ago, anyway. Yeah, I had 12 cases for a few months. Yeah, yeah, a couple months anyway. And that's pretty good, because yeah. I'd go through three 30-packs a week. Right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So 12 cases of 24, that's 240. That would be three weeks of beer. Yeah, right. Where you you might have got twelve weeks out of it. Where yes. Yeah, you might have got twelve weeks out of it. Because you're not drinking it every day, and when you do, you're not pounding twenty of them. Four, five, or six of them. That was really weird getting the building inspector to call and apologize that he's not. Deep. What did he apologize for? Well, inspections never, at the building department, and I've been dealing with the same building department for for 30 years now, 1988. Meaning the same fucking people at the same building department. No, no? actually, uh, there's literally there's one person that's the same that's okay. left. I mean, the head building inspector's gone. Right. Uh, It's uh, so 
when you were talking to him before we started, there was two different sets of business going on, right? He was apologizing for an inspection being late, and then the other thing you were talking about. Well, he wouldn't talk about that. He said, I can't talk about that. Over I the kept phone? trying to, like, fucking... Oh, is that what it was? I yeah. Didn't... And then he finally hung up on me. Oh, okay. I thought he thought you were being... Oh, now I get it. He didn't want to talk about that. You no, were trying he to wanted to talk about the... The late inspection. I called up, and I said, why is it taking... Like, I called up on Monday to get an inspection, and they couldn't come out till Wednesday. And that's fucking never happened. Right. It's either the same day, and most of them are... The, like, you call in the morning before 10. You get an inspection the same day. And at the very worst... It's the next day. But what are we talking about? Any old inspection or any inspect? Whether it's fucking for the frame, for the roof, See, uh, not frame nailing, uh, insulation. Thought, with all that shit, all that building going on in the Pine Hills still and everything, right along in Plymouth, you could always get a quick inspection, huh? I mean, I. It's like the U.S. Post Service. You got to give them credit. You know what I mean? So you're saying it took two days or three days. It took two days. Okay. And what particular inspection took two days to oh, get? This is a nailing inspection. Nailing inspection, okay. And this is to make sure that there's enough nails in the plywood in a certain way so that the building will not fly away in a hurricane. Right, right. And it's... Let's let let's put it this way. Putting four nails in a sheet of plywood is not good. Most people that frame put enough nails in the plywood and do it correctly or put enough nails in so that they it does the job. Mm -hmm. And there are several towns that don't have a nailing inspection. Okay. Carver is one of them. Kingston is another. Hmm. Plymouth, I've had it failed twice. Have they always had a nailing inspection, Plymouth, or just since the IBC became the fucking Vogue book? Does it have anything to do with that? or No, it's not. What is it? it it's the... Uh, it all changed. I don't know when it changed, but it changed when... The funniest thing about it was uh, it was the IRC, International International Residential Code. That's oh, what I oh, deal I thought with, it was I believe so. The International Building Code is what I thought it was called, but whatever. The IRBC? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. The funny thing is that OSB, which is Oriented Strand Board, which is like the stuff, it's particle board, was never considered structural. Meaning, if you nailed it, if you use particle board as sheathing, and you nailed that particle board on the outside, no engineer would consider it, consider that a stressed item. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They wouldn't add it in because, you know, if you take a sheet of a five ply, four by eight plywood and you nail it onto a wall and you nail it all the way along a wall, you basically create a, some sort of a truss. Mm-hmm. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. Meaning in order for the center of that to sink, then you you basically have to, you know, if there's enough nails in it, you basically have to literally stretch the plywood. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to happen. So, in essence, your walls become trusses. Mm -hmm. And it was forever that the oriented strand board or OSB or or shit board, as I called it, um, was never a structural item. However, once the IRC came along, it didn't seem to matter whether it was... Plywood, which I st- I refuse to use the fucking particle board. I use plywood, and it cost me probably another two or three grand a house to do it. Um, but it's just infinitely better. Mm-hmm. Because and then they have this patent W nailing pattern that you have to nail at the bottom of the plywood. Because the idea is the plywood starts at the sill. You nail it to the sill. Then it goes up. If you have a two-story house, there's a floor joist that's in between the first and second floor. And then there's a ribbon on that floor joist. And that goes halfway between the floor joists. And you nail it. And then you go all the way up to the second floor to the top plate of the second floor Mm -hmm. where the rafters begin. So what you have is a consistent tie down from the rafters all the way to the to the foundation mm-hmm. sort of when the big one comes it doesn't rip the roof off it doesn't rip the second floor off but when you do the same nailing pattern in oriented strand board or shit board it's blown apart mm-hmm. because nobody ever sets their guns the correct way mm-hmm. and it's it's so fucked up looking that I think if they put less nails in, it would be more structural. Right. Whereas the plywood, you can put as ne- pretty much as many nails in as you want, and it's not going to hurt the plywood. Right. You're not going to. Meaning, at some point, the plywood, the the OSB, the oriented strand board, becomes so fucked up that it it's it doesn't do anything anymore. Right. Does that make any sense? Yes. So we have had, he came out, this is not 230. What are you looking at? Because this this will be the third nailing inspection we have. First one, we didn't have a plan on site. Oh. Second one, I put the plan on site with the wood frame construction manual thing filled out. And for some reason, I had, there's a, like you nail 12 inches in the field, meaning, you know, every 12 inches inside the plywood. The W pattern, you nail every three inches, and then you either nail every six or every three on the edge. Okay. Like, so if it's against, you know, if it's on... Where, where the joints meet, you either have a nail every three inches or every six. Right. And I had 
every three. So Scott basically had to go and put another 400,000 nails into the house. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Spend two days doing it. So that's, you know, that's the deal. Well. So I was thinking, because I've had a little problem with them, that, ooh, maybe they're fucking with me. And I made sure, I sent a letter saying, look, I'm not going to tolerate you, you know. I'm tired of the nasty woman. <laughs> I heard you say that. Look, I, I don't want to deal with anyone who's nasty all the time. I'm constantly in a bad mood. No, uh, I, I'm just not interested. And he, he wouldn't talk about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to deal. I don't understand why that is something he can't talk about. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's afraid you were recording him. I don't know. No, you can't record anybody in Massachusetts, and right. it, it can't be held against him. Right. It's actually illegal to record somebody without their knowledge right. in Massachusetts, unlike most of the country where it's, it's okay. legal. you can just do it. Yeah. So I wonder why that is. I wonder why... Uh, in Massachusetts? No, I'm just wondering why... Elsewhere, it's not legal. Why is it legal everywhere else? It's bizarre. It's not legal everywhere else. <laughs> I know what you're saying. There's like eight states that uh, don't allow you to record someone's audio. Now, you can record their video in Massachusetts. Yeah, I know that because I used to do it. But you can't record the audio. I know. It's wacky. And... In a way, it doesn't make any sense, does it? No, it doesn't. I mean, if you're going to... What are you going to say? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. You know, is this... Is it privacy? Maybe it's something you know, we've had closely this, aligned with the... Uh, believe it or right not... Right to not incriminate yourself. You have no... You have no, there's no privacy rights under the Constitution. You have no privacy. Right. There's a lot of shit you have. Now, illegal search and seizure is sort of privacy. Yeah. I mean, the cop can't come up to you. If you have three see-through trash bags of pot in the back of your pickup truck, the cop has probable cause to open up the fucking, um, you know, to tell you to open up the back of the truck or yeah. the doors or whatever and search the rest of the truck. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have, you know, if you're just like driving along and you get pulled over and he says, I just want to search your truck, would you let, you know, or your car, would you let me? You just say no. No. Right. I don't want it. Because you should never trust the police. Because I agree. And I know there's someone out there going, don't start ranting on the police. But they're, they're, not, they're not there to help you. They used to be. There was a time when the cops would help you. They're not there to help you anymore. They're there to make arrests and bring charges and uh, keep themselves relevant. Yeah, and keep that whole... Industrial judicial system. Yeah, there's a whole moving. fucking complex like, system. Complex. It's a complex. 
we got to keep it all moving. Yeah. And we got to keep it all like fucking. They have the military industrial complex and and they have the the judicial industrial complex. Allows them to, you know, keep their jobs and. It's an industry. Get their kids in and the whole fucking nine yards. Right. So. What are you saying, Joe? There's nepotism in law enforcement? (laughs) Certainly in our neck of the woods, there is anyway. The building, the former building inspector's son is a sergeant on the, at the Plymouth police. Yeah. I'm just saying. Wow. I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm just saying. It's maybe he's just motivated. And his dad was a town meeting member forever. Yeah. Uh, speaking of motivation and to change gears just briefly, as you know, my daughter graduated college I don't know, what is it, what, two weekends ago at this point. Time yeah. flying already. She's in Europe. <coughs> she has all kinds of Job interviews coming up, some interesting ones. She's already had a one or two and turned stuff down. But uh, uh, our number one listener, my brother Dave, his yeah. daughter is graduating high school as we speak. Congratulations. Layla, congratulations. And, of course, with high, high, high honors and all that shit. All you composers. She's going to, uh, she's going to Purdue. University, yep. And uh, my folks are down there right now, and literally as as we speak, that that uh, graduation ceremony is going on. So I already texted Dave to say congratulations. I told him he's got to be thrilled. I said, "Congrats to Layla. Everybody have fun tonight. Everybody Wang Chung tonight." <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the Dave's older, Layla's older sibling, Gabe, my brother's oldest child, he's home from the Air Force. And he happened to land at the airport within a half hour of my parents, and they arranged. My, when my father uh, rented the car, Gabe met him, and they all went left the airport together to go to Dave's house the other day, which is kind of neat. Dad got to meet the grandson. It is. That, that's wildly neat. It is awesome, right? It is. I'm just surprised they let my father drive a rental car. My nephew took me. I told you, I went out. Uh, I went out Friday, and he took me into a C5 flight simulator. Oh, cool! This is a ten thousand dollar an hour flight simulator mm. that the government owns. We were in there for an hour and a half. How the hell did you wrangle that? Well, my nephew works at the Air Force Base out west in western Massachusetts. I'm not going to say even the Air Force Base name in case there's somebody that wants to piss and moan about it. Right. And he knows the guys that run the flight simulator, and he got us in. And it was we were able... We took off and landed from uh, Westover. Oh, I Oops. just gave it up. 
We Boop. took off and landed from uh, an airport in Hawaii and an airport in Alaska. Okay. And you feel like you're flying the fucking thing. No shit. I mean, there's. it's very hard to, you know, you actually get nervous when you're, like I went down, when I got used to it, what we, I strafed Waikiki Beach <laughs> with the fucking C5. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Cool. A lot of fun. But we uh, we enjoyed that a great deal, or I enjoyed that. And I saw the rest of the base where, you know, they, it's just, for me, machinery is interesting. Yeah, and sure. I got to go into a couple hangars where they had the engines apart, and uh, I saw where all the, like, the, snow plow equipment and shit like that because they get some crazy shit to take care of runways. Yeah, right. So it was a cool... Uh, it was a cool... I thought we were going to be there longer because I got out there. I got to his house at like... You know, he said, be there at 6.30. So I literally got there at like 10 past 6. Mm. And we were pretty much done by 9.30, 10 o'clock. But my wife was out there as well because she was closing on uh, her parents' house. Oh, wow. And uh, so we met up with, with her, and that all worked out great. Well, that's good. Hey, so 317 is when I bought 12... All right, two months ago. 24 packs. So what's the day today? That's Three nine weeks ago. To four. I'm telling you that's nine weeks ago. Between eight and nine. But I was looking it up. So how many is that a week? Well, if that's not a lot, actually. If you call it eight, you divide, like, divide, what was it, 24, 24 cases? No, no, 12. 12, 24. 12 cases, a case and a half a week. A case and a half a uh, Yeah, that's a case and a half a week. That's 36 beers a week. What's the day today? It's May 21. 21. So it was nine weeks. Yeah, well, that's what I said first, nine weeks. So there were 12 cases consumed... In nine weeks. And actually, it's not. There's still like a six-pack left, but... Call it nine weeks for 288 beers. Nine in the 288 uh, is... Uh, I can't find a calculator on... 288 divided by nine is 30-something, 30, 30 beers a week. 30-something. 32 beers a week, something like that. 32 mics. Yeah, 32 mics a week, which, you know, divided by seven, that's less than five a day. That's what I say. You were drinking four or five a day. Big deal. Well, and there's a lot of people that had them with me. You know oh, I mean? good. Yeah, no, I don't drink those. Even if I was drinking, I wouldn't be drinking those. I don't no, know why. Like Alan would come over. Oh, which, by the Scott way, would come over and fucking loud thud you heard. A week and a half ago was me falling right off the wagon. Oh, I, you done? Well, no, no I drank in uh, 
I drank in... Um, I mean, are you done not drinking? I don't know. I'm not drinking to excess. I drank in um, Maine. I got shit-faced the last night I was there. Yeah, you told me that. And then uh, I had a drink, at least one drink every night since then. And uh, I had a good drunk on me last Sunday. So two Sundays in a row I got drunk. Last night I had a half a bottle of wine and a vodka. And, uh, yeah, I'm. listen, I miss it. I miss drinking. Maybe, I actually bought some vodka for... Well, how's the Maybe what you should do is just embrace what you are. Fran is the master of, now, believe me, he has his moments too, but what he is he has the ability to do is not drink Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And he has a couple drinky poos on Friday, a couple on Saturday, and a couple on Sunday. Now, I've never been able to do that. But I've also found that I don't have to drink a half a gallon of fucking vodka a night. Or seventy beer. By the way, I I'm all set with the beer too. It's just it fills you up too quick. You know what I mean? So have you gone to hard liquor? Well, I've been on this forever. So I did break down, and I I had bought like a couple small bottles because I'm like, if I buy a big bottle, even though it's cheaper to do it that way, I'm just gonna drink it. Then I was like, fuck buying nips, man. Keep I'm talking. Go I gotta pee. So I did buy a half gallon on um you know a handle on. Friday night, and that fucking thing's gone. <laughs> I had a couple bevules. Um, in you know, in the meantime, fucking wino is she still she can fire down a fucking bottle of wine or more in a night. Um, it is what it is. I'm probably, I'm probably gonna live till I'm eighty, Joe. You know what I mean? I'm just gonna tempt. I'm gonna tempt. At least I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to catch myself more often like I have been doing. How's that? I don't want to get... The problem is is when you, you're drinking the vodka like it's water or like it's beer. You know? That's the problem. But the thing is, is it, you know, be, being drunk's fun. Now, I don't want to drink and drive. That's the... That's the killer right there. I don't want to drink and drive. I'm not supposed to drink at all. My fucking sugar is still high. That fucking shit was coming down and leveled off again. Um, although I, I have a, uh, I have my physical. Every time I make a fucking appointment, this guy moves it back. He's going away. I was supposed to have my physical next week, so that's gonna not be till July. So I figure I'll have a nice Memorial Day weekend, have some beverages, and then dry out again for a month or so. You know what I mean? I think that's just the way I'm going to do it. I'm going to... Uh, what's that? I think I'm going to just drink on special occasions. and say to them, you're good at that. Yeah, it's my thing. I'm good like that. I'm black like that. I'm going to tell you what else, Joe. When I have a couple drinks, I'm uh I'm not doing that contemplative shit. <laughs> I'm not a uh, you're a good uh 
Like, I'm not good at uh, taking on any kind of new thing yeah. and then excelling at it. Basically, that's probably my entire problem in life. But because I'm not, you know, I'm not taking on any new things and excelling at it. However, I just kind of do the same thing every, you know, when I stay sort of the same weight, you know, do sort of the same things. I'm actually, I'm a very much a creature of just habit, and I stay the same. You, on the other hand, can, like, all of a sudden just fucking completely change up your life. Well, I will say that I'm pretty much... And I'm saying that is a good thing. I got you, but it's been a year and a half of having a full-time job, doing a podcast, and doing two music projects, and I'm starting to get a little bored with my fucking weekly routine. I have a weekly routine. Um, Well, the work part of it probably is the worst. Oh, definitely. Although I got to say the... I feel bad, and I was t- I was t- telling my therapist this, and I'll get into it with this other guy too. But uh, I feel bad because um, the band that I'm in that I've been in the longest, uh, not the one with my son, the other one, inappropriate behavior. Yeah, I love those guys. I don't ever want to play music with them ever again. I loathe going down there. When we get into it, it's okay. But that's okay. You I'm, just tell them. Yeah, no, I'm I'm done. Plus, You're all done. Plus, we played a party at Gene's house. It wasn't a big party, but he had friends there. And he behaved like such a fucking spoiled child. I'm like, I don't want to be around that. Anymore. I just don't even want to be around that. It's unpleasant. You know what I mean? The whole music thing's supposed to be relaxing. And I don't even want to do gigs anymore. I used to love to do the gigs because the gigs was kind of the the reward for all the work. You right. know what I mean? Right. You Plus get to you go out and play in public and make a hundred or two hundred bucks. That's nice. You know maybe what I mean? Maybe get a whore. Well listen, girls I've been beating girls off me since I'm three, never mind since I learned how to play drums. Bitches right. love musicians. And they, they like drummers. Do. You know what I mean? Well the drummer's got the big stick. I, I don't know about that, but all you got to do at a gig is say over the microphone. Well, first of all, you got to be looking good too. I I'm a mess right now, but when you're in shape I and think playing, you look good. Oh, thanks, man. I'm a handsome individual. I'm just fat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do. I think you look fine. Oh, thanks, man. You know, I can never tell. I mean, you tell me oh, I'm 70 pounds heavier than I was three months ago, and I'm like, really? Yeah, no, I'm I'm fat. And then you say I'm. 80 pounds lighter than I was three months ago. I'm like, really? That's what everybody says, by the way. I showed a picture. At I don't think guys pay attention I was talking about to their friends' no. bodies very much. One of the guys I work with, is a, he's 60 years old, and he's a fucking maniac, still trains with the weights like a maniac. And he used to be, because he's like this, right? He's an Irish guy, a little short Irish guy. He used to carry 300, 305 and be solid muscle. He was a, a, a power lifter. You know what I mean? Now he's, he doesn't do that anymore, but he still works out every day, right? 
And I was talking to him about workouts and stuff, and he goes, oh, you, you work out? I said, no, but I know, I know how to work out, and I was interested in it for off and on my whole life, so I know how to do it, you know? And, and someone, I said, yeah, I mean, you're looking at me now, I'm literally 80 pounds heavier than I was four and a half, five years ago. I said, here, look at a picture. And I showed him a picture. In that picture, I weighed 227 pounds, and right now I weigh around 300 that's a big difference, you know what I mean? And yeah. They both looked at it and went, you look the same to me. <laughs> I'm like, no, yeah. no, see the biceps and no belly and the skinny face, you know what I mean? They're like, nah, you look the same. And they were serious. And one of them is a fucking workout maniac, you know? So it's all in self-perception sometimes, you know what I mean? You look in the mirror, maybe I got body dysmorphia, Joe. Could that be possible? Isn't that just a chip? I don't thing? know. What is that? That's when literally you're a skinny. Per- that's when you're a skinny person and you look in the mirror and see a fat person. Okay, I think that's a thing. It's it might go hand in hand. I with wish the- I had a thing like that rather than a thing like questioning what my why my what your existence is. is all about. I really do. I well, wish look, I had one of these. Uh, looking in the mirror and wondering why you even exist. How come to look I in have the mirror? two eyes? Why don't yeah. I have three eyes? And I could work on getting an eyeball in place in my fucking Listen, forehead. Listen, I thought about that too. The whole symmetrical thing. There's got to be something with symmetry in this fucking universe. You know what I mean? We are a symmetrical motherfucker. Yeah. I mean, it's... I, I really... I pray for fucking problems like that rather than just going i don't know why the fuck i'm here and i well, i was gonna say i think that I, what am i you know i'm gonna build a few more houses so some asshole can fucking live in it by the way i think that is a chick thing i think that has to i think girls with uh, anorexia and with uh what's that other one bulimia or something that's the one where they stick their finger down their throat i think those women have body dysmorphia which causes them to you know, not eat correctly, or can you imagine that? That's torture right there. When yeah, well, there's a lot of torture. You know, that's mental. You illness. know what's torture? Being in pretty much uh, other than the United States and Western Europe, being in any other country is pretty much yeah. fucking horrible. <laughs> like you said, it ain't perfect here, but I it's mean, and that's the thing. It's better like, than everywhere. Else. I always get, you know, I always like. Give myself a slap and go, you whiny cunt. Yeah, right. First world problems, son. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it's wonderful to have first world problems. Like you've never, I've never had to think about where I'm gonna sleep or what I'm gonna have. You know, where my next meal's coming. Yeah, right. Ever in my life. Yeah, yeah. And and I say this to the shrink. I'm like, you know, am I just a fucking huge? Pussy, that's how's this for a first wheel problem? Ah, oh, shit, am I gonna make that credit card payment on time? Yeah, that's a like first wheel problem, man. Ah, oh, fuck, I'm, I'm gonna be ten days late on my fucking mortgage. <laughs> yeah, some thieving bank that's charging you twenty two percent interest. On I haven't paid my card. landlord rent in a while, and I said to my wife, "I'm like, you don't think he's getting antsy, do you?" She's like, "Nope." Don't worry about it. Well, you got your your windfall came through, right? Yeah. Are you pretty much done? Yeah, I'm done. So that's like an extra... I put money down on a car this weekend. It's still got to get fine-tuned by the guy I'm buying it from. You know the buy here, pay here place I told you about with the other car? 
I got a Chrysler 300 for 3600 bucks. 140,000 miles on it in 08. Hey now. I'm, I put down 1200 bucks. I pay 100 bucks every other week for one year. And it's all mine. <laughs> it's a good deal. And he reports it to the credit bureau. Get my credit back up. But, uh, yeah, so. I forgot about that. So your sled will be being returned very soon. As soon as that thing's able to be registered. I, uh. I got an inspection sticker on your car, and I, uh, I had some more work done to it. I did uh, the uh, ride height sensor and the bracket for the same needed replaced, so I replaced that for you. You're the best. Um, well, I was driving home from work. and I've forgotten about that car. Well, you're going to get it back all shiny. Oh, and it'll have a new... Front bumper cover as well. You got one of them coming too. That's now, being painted as we speak. Did you change the uh, transmission fluid? Yeah, I told you about that. You did? Yeah, I changed the transmission. And I, I got it an oil change immediately, and I'll get it another one before I bring it back. Yeah, I and know. I'm going to detail I it. I saw that. I saw that because that came up on the computer. This time I'll put, this time I'll put synthetic. No, in. no, I don't care about that. You don't? Okay. Let's put the regular in. All right, cool. It's, uh... But yeah, I was riding home from work one day, and all of a sudden, you could feel the car going up and down. And then the fucking, you know, in that car, every little thing comes up on the dashboard. It says, check air suspension. Right. So I get out. I pull over. I think it was near True Value in Lakeville. I pull over. And the fucking car is literally like this, the fucking rear end of it. And I'm like, yeah. what the fuck is going on? So I looked it up, you know. I'm like, all right, I can get this thing home. Because I have Sullivan. I live across the street from Sullivan Tire in Kingston. They're wonderful. Yeah. They don't fucking, they, they don't fuck around. Their prices are great. Um, they give stickers out real easy, it turns out. Turns out I graduated high school with the manager, too, I think. That always helps. It does. So, uh... They fixed that up. That was only like two forty, and the uh, you know I said get in an inspection as well while it's in because it was up in it's up in a couple of weeks. All it right, it was May. Yeah, so yeah. it passed that. But anyway, I got it home. Fucking drove it right right over to there. I'm like, can you check this thing out? I didn't know if it was the compressor for the bags or what, you know. Right. But no, it just turned out that the ride height sensor, the bracket for the ride height sensor broke off and it, I guess it dragged us. It was, just wasn't there anymore. So they put they put a new one on and it fucking rides great. <laughs> the thing I like about that. Now, Wayne up the street, the mechanic says he hates him. But now I've had that car for a while and I it's got a I've had to replace the compressor up front. Okay. And I don't know, driving it, you must have heard the thing like making this yeah, yeah. noise when it's not on. And yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. Like if you get in it, it might make it on. But it makes it like you can put fucking five fat chicks in the back seat. Right. And it'll pump it up so that the right. fucking car rides level. Right. And I think that's pretty cool because it makes the car ride level. And I guess there's a switch in the trunk to turn it off when you want to change a tire. Like, yeah, when you jack it up, yeah. I guess it'll fucking fully extend the shock. Or yeah. I don't know what it does. 
I don't know much about that. Yeah, I, I've never I didn't know anything about it until I <laughs> until I figured out that's what it was. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh shit! I didn't even know that there was such a suspension system. But I guess all of those have it. Obviously, the Grand Marquis and the Lincolns from yes. that era, but also the Ford Explorers, some of the pickup trucks, all the you know all the Ford shit from that era has it. Or I kind of like it. There's Wayne says there's shocks you can buy. Oh, you can you can convert. There's, yeah. there's spring loaded shocks and yeah. you can put them on, and it's yeah. like the shocks are two hundred bucks a piece. Right. I'm like, well, th- I bought a fucking eBay used compressor for. 70 bucks. Yeah, right. I think it might have been new. And because uh, the compressor shit the bed. It was making a horrible noise. Right. And I just stopped working. So I put that in there. But yeah, it's just look, when you own a vehicle, you know, when you own anything, I bought. In December, I bought a 2016 Caterpillar 259D track loader with 900 hours on it. So if you don't understand, 900 hours is sort of like having 10,000 miles on a car, maybe 15. And I was running it. Two weeks ago, I guess. And all of a sudden, I'm like, the fucking controls aren't working, nothing. And I see a big pond of fucking hydraulic fluid. Mm. So, it's got this uh, thing where you can lift the whole cab up. It, It tilts up so you can get underneath and you can see where all the hoses go out to the... And uh, obviously, it was leaking from one of the hoses. And I, I have a guy that does. I have a mechanic now, because I have given up on doing all the shit myself. I'll still weld shit myself. But you ain't turning wrenches. But I'm not. I ain't going deep. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. I'll go surface. Like if I can get at one end of the hose and the other end of the hose without having to take off. More than one item, mm. I'll do it. But if I got to take off a lot of items, it's like I call I call this guy. And uh, he he looks at the fucking thing and he goes, "Well, because I bought this thing from Missouri. Mm. It was a cat dealer in Missouri, and it had some Missouri mud on it. And that you know, I had built take out check out all the." You know, take out all the mud, and then he was taking out mud too. And he goes, "I don't know what happened, but all five hoses. There's five hoses that go to the drive unit mm-hmm. that power the one side of the thing. Were fucked. One was leaking, and the rest were like rotted or fucked up. And he goes, "Look, I'm not trying to spend you money, but if you don't replace these." You're going to be in this situation a month from now. Right. And I said, fuck it, replace him. Because Bill doesn't really lie. So, you know, it's $1,400 or $1,500. Because, you know, it's $750 in hoses and 
he's seven hundred fifty bucks, and he's cheap. You know, he yeah. he works. He goes to your and works on your machine for a hundred dollars an hour. Right, and that's not bad. Sure. I mean, that's all that many more hours that you're gonna be able to run it without having to fix it. So there it is. But I guess the whole point of it is. <clears throat> Anything that you buy that's mechanical is going to fuck up and break. Eventually. It's a machine. Machines break down, man. And the more complicated they are, probably the more that they will break. Yeah. And the, the, the way that they make cars today. Now, cars are fabulous. I think cars are... F- they're incredibly reliable mm. because of the Japanese. The Japanese sure. made, remember the 80s, somewhat. When everyone laughed at Japanese cars? No. Oh. Everyone began to fret. A Jap- the Japanese were going to take over the planet. Late right. 80s, early 90s. Right. I... I remember swearing to people that I would never own an American car ever mm. because they're junk. Um, I had a... My first car was a 76 Toyota Corona and then my second car was a... I think it was a 76 or 75 Oldsmobile Omega. Mm. Both of them I had in college. Yeah. I had an Omega too. And I don't know why I got rid of the Toyota, but I bought the Omega. It rode better. It was an automatic, and it was a nicer highway car. Mm. But like everything was fucking rotted out. That's that's the car where I cut the roof off, and that, I made that into a truck for another college graduate of mine. The Omega, yeah, beautiful. And he built decks for me for a summer. Thank you, Jack. If you're listening, wherever you may be. If you're still alive. Jesus. So, but American cars sucked. Yeah. Because, you know, they had a bad time. They had a bad spell, yeah. From like (laughs) 70 to 95. Yeah. And then they kind of got the, they started to slowly get their shit together. Right. So for 25 years, I think American cars were in direct competition with Japanese cars, and Japanese were just beating the shit out of them. You know, like the Honda Accord was the best-selling sedan. I it may it may still be. I think the Camry, the Toyota Camry, is that. But they would go back and forth anyway. I know what you're saying. But it wasn't an American car. No, it was like in second position, no. third. It was a Camry or a, an Accord, yeah. and they would run for 300,000 miles, and they would always start, right. and nothing would break. And I got a Hyundai Sonata that's about to go 200,000, and the thing purrs. And I mean, that's the way, it, it's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you're not... I, that's value right there. Right. That's I mean, if you want to have a customer, get your get your car to run 150,000 miles with 
little to no maintenance, and you'll have a customer for life. Yeah. Get your brakes done. Fucking change your oil. You know what I mean? But. Well, I mean, the spark plugs, they have these permanent spark plugs yeah, right. now. I mean, spark plugs used to be something you got to change every 5,000 miles. Right. I mean, you got to, oh, you got to take, and a, a distributor cap and a right. rotor. And, right, right, right. And that's all fucking gone. That's gone. No, no, no way to quickly disable someone's car. Like, you used to be able to just rip that motherfucker right out. Well, you can take individual uh, coils out. Yeah. Throw them away. But, uh, other than that, I don't know. Or put a knife through the uh, radiator or tire. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, I know. It was always just good old fashioned switchblade through the tires. <laughs> but then again, you're probably going to be on camera somewhere in America. You know, it's not worth doing anything fucking nefarious or crazy because you're probably going to be filmed doing it. Right. Unless you're, you know, a member of the Trump family. <laughs> or Don McGahn. Or maybe Hope Hicks. See, Don hey. McGahn got subpoenaed and just didn't show up today. Who is... Explain to me who Don McGahn is. Don McGahn was the White House counsel for... 10 minutes at one point. And For he, Trump. Yeah, and he stepped down. Now, he was the White House's lawyer. He wasn't Rudy. He was not Trump's personal lawyer. He was the lawyer for the presidency. You know what I mean? He's not Michael Cohen. So he was... Like, Obama had uh, this... Uh, Rudner or a rumor or whatever her name is, Catherine Rumler. Okay. And that was the president's counsel, okay. the president's lawyer. Okay. You're saying this McGahn is not the president's lawyer. He was the White House lawyer? Yeah. He was the He was the lawyer for the presidency, not for Donald Trump. So But he got out. And uh, they subpoenaed him over this whole collusion thing, and he just decided not to go. No, obstruction. They're, they're hung up on obstruction now. They've, they found out there's no collusion, but every... Well, because Mueller left the door open. He did. He left the door open. It makes you wonder why he, he, let, he, conclu he came to that non-conclusion. You know what I mean? It's like he almost wanted to pass the buck or something. Well, I know exactly why he did it. To... To just stave off that the fucking Trump campaign was fucking being spied on by Absolutely. the Obama administration? Yeah. It all gets... Look, this is all a circuitous route right back to the Obama administration spying on the Trump campaign. Right. And if you want to hear it, it's Dan Bongiono... Bongino? Yeah, Bongino. Bongino. You can go to YouTube. 35 minutes is all you got to listen to. Yeah. And you don't have to believe it. You can go check it yourself. He lays it out in specific detail as far as to how everyone's connected. Right. Now, just because you know somebody doesn't mean you're corrupt. 
I mean, uh, you and I could like know one another, and you could be working for person X, and I could be pers- working for person Y, and we've got conflicting interests, and we can still be friends right. and not fucking, you know, uh, be working in cahoots for person X and Y. You follow right. what I'm saying? Right. But. He lays it out in pretty specific detail, and he gives you where to go look if you want to find out if he what he's saying is the truth. And you can dig, and you basically what you find out is the Obama administration, whether whether Obama knew or not, is questionable. I don't know if you're ever going to be pro- be able to prove that, but. They pretty much were spying on the Trump campaign. Right. Now, there was a concern of Russia con- collusion. I, not Russia collusion. Russian meddling. Yeah. There was that concern. However, Hillary Clinton is the one that was giving the... was Secretary of State and... Her husband, did he go to Russia and make two speeches for like a million dollars or a million four? And then there was a fucking uh, uranium one. uh, There was a fucking uranium mine sold to Russia. So Russia had, it was was crazy. So as I've said on this podcast, I always go back to, if Trump was running against Mother Teresa, <laughs> Trump's probably the wrong choice. Yeah. Then again, I don't know if Mother Teresa could get anything done. But he was running against fucking Satan. Right. <laughs> so you got like, an e- uh, uh, if you think Trump's evil, then call him the evil guy running against Satan. Right. She's fucking Satan. <laughs> I mean, she is... Today, she would still kill every... She'd kill her child. She'd her kill grandchildren. her grandchildren. Yep. She'd certainly kill her husband. Oh, she yeah. would make any deal that you could think of with the devil. She's offering her husband up for torture. <laughs> I, I believe she wants him killed. Yeah, right. Because he's just... All he's done is basically humiliated her along the way. Right. It was a constant, like, in a way, it's kind of funny because she's so greedy right. for power that she allowed herself to be just fucking totally humiliated for basically 40 years. Right. Like, he's dumping cum into everything, that, and she's covering up for it, and with the idea that someday... It'll all pay off. Right. You know, and I I don't know if they knew in Arkansas that they, you know, you know, they were going, well, Bill, you're going to be president first and I'm going to be president. Right. But I swear, once he became president, there was an understanding that she was, if she decided she was going to run for president, that he'd be behind her 100%. Right, right. And... They fucking stuck together. I mean, he sent her out. 
after he fucking blew loads into Monica Lewinsky's mouth, and she was on the fucking Today Show. And going, yo, this is just a vast right-wing conspiracy. conspiracy. I'll never forget it. And then they came out with a cum-stained dress. Right. And this is the liberal media. Right. And I mean, what are you going to... I mean, but you can't hide this shit. Yeah. And I just remember that. They went to Martha's Vineyard, and he got off the plane, and he, like, reached for her hand, and she was like, fuck, fuck you. I'm not having it. <laughs> but you know what? If she was any kind of a... If she cared at all, And didn't care about getting elected. She would have divorced that asshole. But you know what? She stuck with him. And it's not because, you know, they wanted to work it out as a husband and wife. Right. Because he'd been doing this for fucking years. Right. He raped a woman, for Christ's sakes. Trump brought the raped woman right to one of the debates. So, her the, the deal was... I'm get, you got elected president, you're going to help me get elected president. Right. And you know what? He stuck to his deal. And he told her, you're fucking running the wrong campaign, and you're going to lose. And she lost. And it's fucking wonderful. Isn't it? It's just great. It's the reason why we have a podcast. Because Donald Trump is president of the United States. You know, it kind of is. It I mean, is. It's, uh, it is and it isn't. I mean, I needed some sort of an outlet, but I'm I just saying news it's one of those things. If Well, if he wasn't president, she would be, I guess. But, well, uh, her being president would be like no president can like make the United States you know, there's only so much. Of pres presidential powers are restricted right. for a good reason. Right. I mean, we, I don't think we could start a world war. And I don't think Hillary... But Hillary would want to prove herself. Yeah. Trump doesn't want any fucking wars. He really doesn't. Yeah. And, uh... Although he's good at the rhetoric game with, uh... Iran most recently. Well, and the funny thing about him is there's some, like, this, this fucking, uh, you know, pomp and circumstance bullshit. Like, well, I'm not going to meet with this guy because he's not on the same level that I am. Trump's like, I'll fucking meet with anybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll meet with fucking... Kim Jong-un or hmm. Ill or whatever the fuck his name is. And uh, you know what? And he'll, I'll say, you know what? He's he's not a bad guy. He's, uh, you know, he cares for his people. Yeah. All right? And everybody's in disgust. Like, you should come out and say, yeah, he's the worst motherfucker I've ever met, and he's an evil prick. And then how does that... I was going to say, how is that going to help you How is that going to negotiating help stance? Right. <laughs> you want to negotiate with the guy and yeah. get him... Get him to willfully lay down his nuclear weapons, right. not have to fight him. 
Right. So if you gotta like rub his balls a little bit to yeah. get him to do that, sure. then what's wrong with that? Right. That's a good fucking move. And I think he's doing the same thing with uh, Iran. I yeah. mean, he's he doesn't want to follow the Kerry doctrine, <laughs> which is bring a plane load of cash, you know, because I got C's at Yale. Because <laughs> he's a fucking idiot. He is. He's a fucking idiot. I mean, you know, he's a smart, dumb guy. Well, listen, it's not just that history's not going to treat him well. History's not going to treat him. He'll be forgotten because he's inconsequential. He pretty much is. Yeah. Although apparently he's still keeping, like there's some fucking rule where, you know, he's still like doing diplomat shit as a private citizen and talking to the Iranians. Oh, wow. Because he's trying to keep some fucking, you know, something that he did Semblance of relevance. Because he did nothing as a senator. Yeah. And then this was the only thing that he had as a fucking, you know, he was uh, Secretary of State. This is what he had. And... uh don't forget his lieutenant governorship of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts <laughs> under the great Michael Dukakis. Was he really? Yeah. Gee, I, I don't know. Before he was senator. That had to be like... Dukakis' last term as governor. Well, he he was ran for senator in 84. Yeah. So it must have been 80 that he was... Uh, 80 to 84 he was well he probably was still lieutenant governor then yeah i don't i don't remember the exact uh timeline of it you know i don't know if he abandoned the lieutenant governorship to become but he's a senator. a guy he was a blue blood he was born rich uh he never had to worry about where his meal was coming from or where his next dollar was coming from right and uh Oh, he married well, too, by the way. Well, that was later on, because he's, uh, he's had a wife or two between her. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Is she, isn't she dead? I think he probably poisoned her. Yeah, I mean. So, John Kerry has the Heinz fortune. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if Therese is dead. To race. Do you remember that? I mean, he ran like it was 2004. It's that long ago. And um, I just realized Don Imus is off the air. Oh, yeah. Yep. He's like, been off for a little while. For two years or something like that. And, yeah, uh, it, it might be two years. He was married to Julia Tom Thorne. No. Julia Thorne till 1988, and then he married Teresa Hines in 1995. And I don't know. Is she still alive? I don't know. I think so. 
She's 80. It's not a lot of fucking going. No. I mean, unless one of the 57 varieties is lube. (laughs) Heinz lube. Maybe he just fucking gets in a vat of ketchup. That's all he has at. (laughs) Bangs. Heinz Heinz got mayo now. They got fucking Heinz mayo that's out in the store. Maybe just fucking dips his cock in a little mayo and slides it in. Slides right in. But, yeah, he's a blue blood. There's a fucking image for you. Teresa Hines with a whole crotch lapping up with some mayonnaise. It's not fun or funny. Oh, he's, he was in Congress? He was a congressman? Mm, I'm just looking here. And I thought he went right from lieutenant governor to fucking... Maybe it was a congressman in between lieutenant governor and senator. Nineteen two. He ran for governor and uh, declined to seek a third term. Oh, oh, Kerry won the nomination. As Lieutenant Governor, Kerry led meetings of the Massachusetts Governor's Council. Getting it done, man. So he's been involved in all this shit. Well, he was, you know, he got involved with politics immediately, you know. But he's just one of those guys. He's just one of those fucking... This is what they call the deep state. Right. And... I'm not as worried about it as... Look, you have to understand, there are people that have been just fucking involved in... They've been working for an institution for 40 years. And they're running it, and it, and presidents come and go, and Congress people come and go, and, you know, budgets come and go, and they're just there all the time. And changing these institutions is very hard because there's a lot of people that, well, we should leave it the way it, the way it is. And the Environmental Protection Agency is a very interesting institution because it was created under Nixon. And you have... Environmental laws that are, you know, if the people at the EPA had their way, they would crash the fucking economy so that we would put out no more greenhouse gases. Right. Everyone would starve to death, but at least the United States wouldn't be putting out any more greenhouse gases. Right. I, I'm not looking to go in that direction. No. If we can, if look, if the world's going to end because of greenhouse gases, which it's not, mm-hmm. meaning there are people that are going to go underwater. Mm-hmm. 
The only thing green, the only thing greenhouse gases are going to do is make various other places hotter. Um, if they still want to call it global warming, because they climate change, it's climate because it's climate change now. It used to be global warming, now it's climate change. But because other places have become colder, they have had to like say, "Oh, it's climate change," and now. If you want to say, well, here's what's going to happen. Uh, we're going to have fucking massive, uh, you know, it's going to become crazy warm and we're going to have 400 feet of fucking water rising. And Well, if you live in low-lying areas like New York City or Bangladesh, you're fucked or Miami. If it comes true. But I have... This isn't the first time. The problem with people that have no sense of history, this isn't the first time that somebody's warned that the fucking end is coming. Right. <laughs> because of what we've been doing. Right. You know, whether it be plagues or mm -hmm. other fucking bullshit. And people adapt. They'll move to higher ground. Right. You know? It, this isn't happening overnight. It's happening slowly. And they like to do things like, like I watched a documentary on uh, wildfires in California. And they immediately said, well, this has a lot to do with climate change. But it also has a lot to do with people moving out into the woods. Right. And it has a lot to do with the fact that we can't allow forestry management anymore because people are living in the woods. Right. So is it, cl well, do we know? Can you prove that it's climate change? No. But they just say that it's climate change. Obviously it's climate change. Well, I mean. Obviously. Yeah. It's not a million more people live in the woods than... 15 years ago. Right. It's because climate change. Mm -hmm. And nobody has any proof. The climate of California homeownership has changed. Right. When yeah. you live in the woods, there's a good chance that your house might be burned to the ground because you're living in the fucking woods. <laughs> right. Where on a regular basis, you know, every... Fifty hundred years, a fire sweeps through. Right, because fire is part of a fucking forest. Yeah, it's part of a natural. It's the way a forest works. Ebb and flow, son. Ebb and flow. So, we saw some of that thirty years ago, right here in Old Plymouth, down on Bourne Road in uh, South yeah, South Plymouth. Man. That was, and that was from fucking lightning, man. <laughs> lightning. And it fucked that fucking thing up, and it's still growing back. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's pretty fucking... I built houses in the torched woods. That's right, yeah. I did. Hey, Joe. Are we done? Do you mind? Yeah, no. We got a little bit of a late start. We did a little bit longer than average because we've been short lately and all that bullshit. But uh, this is fun. All right, you fuckers. All right. We'll um, see you on... Uh, What's say? Tell a friend. We'll see you on Thursday. Thursday night. Tell a friend. 
And uh, kind of right at yahoo.com. Kind of right at yahoo.com. Joe, I'll talk to you later, baby. Yeah, baby. Okay. Good night, Waterbury. <laughs>